Puff up your couches and snuggle up to Mnet's Tuesday night viewing while you whet your appetite with exquisite amateur cooking on MasterChef Australia. Firefighters and paramedics team up to save lives in Chicago Fire. Plenty of medical drama awaits in Chicago Med, while Chicago PD will try to keep the streets clean and bring criminals to justice. Frank Gallagher and his family attempt to survive the pitfalls of life in the acclaimed dramedy Shameless. Cricket South Africa has announced the Proteus men's and women's squad players to be awarded national contracts for the new season. The major men's engagement over the next 12 months is the ICC Men's T20 World Cup in Australia in October, while other scheduled tours include home series against Sri Lanka, Australia and India, and away tours to the West Indies, Sri Lanka and Pakistan. Anrik Nokia, Dwayne Pretorius and Rassi van der Dissen all earned contract upgrades during the course of the past season, while Lions fast bowler Buren Hendricks earns his first national contract. The women's major upcoming commitment is the ICC Women's World Cup to be played in New Zealand in early 2021. They also have scheduled away tours to the West Indies and England, plus the postponed home series against Australia. Nadine de Klerk and Sonalo Japta, who earned contract upgrades during the course of the past season, have been retained on the list of women's contract players. Olympic champion swimmer Cameron van der Berg has opened up on social media about contracting COVID-19. The 31-year-old offered insight into how the coronavirus infection could affect 2020 Olympic hopefuls, saying on Twitter that it was by far the worst virus he had ever endured, despite being a healthy young individual with strong lungs that lived a healthy lifestyle. The former world record holder, who retired from swimming in 2018, said that while the most severe symptoms of the virus had eased, he was still struggling with serious fatigue and a residual cough. As the International Olympic Committee faced mounting pressure to delay the 2020 Tokyo Games in the face of the pandemic, Vanderberg feared the Olympic hopefuls would put their health at risk trying to prepare. While Super Rugby is on hold, rugby players are doing their bit to help curb the spread of coronavirus, including Cohen Bosch. The Sharks' fly-off has released a video on social media urging members of the public to do what they can to flatten the curve. Hey everyone, I'm recording this from home. Social distancing and staying at home are two crucial steps to help stop the spread of coronavirus. I appeal to you to avoid public places. Let's do our bit to protect our families and our countries. Hashtag it's not just about you. The Canadian Olympic Committee confirmed that it will not send athletes to the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo, due to take place from the 24th of July to the 9th of August, amidst growing concerns over the coronavirus pandemic. The committee also said it was willing to help the International Olympic Committee search for alternatives, which include a possible one-year postponement. The Canadians were soon joined by Australia, who also announced that they would not send a team to the Games if the event remains as scheduled in July. The IOC executive met this morning and considered all the parts, both the IOC's decision, the government measures and most importantly our athletes. 
the decision is that uh, they unanimously agreed that the Australian Olympic team could not be assembled in the changing circumstances both here and abroad. We have to look after not only just our athletes and officials, but also their families who would feel concerned for their uh, for their uh, you know their sons and their daughters. So with these travel restrictions in place in, uh, by the government, which we respect and understand, and we understand they need to keep Australians safe, combined with a decision of the International Olympic Committee, we've decided to plan towards the hosting of a Games in 2021 in Tokyo. And it, we, I understand that's a situation which the Tokyo government and TOCOG will look at with the IOC over the coming month. Meanwhile, IAAF President Sebastian Coe has written a letter to his IOC counterpart Thomas Bach to request a postponement of the Games. Coe said the decision to hold the event in July and August was neither feasible nor desirable amid growing international concern over the pandemic. The US Track Federation added its name to a growing chorus of calls to postpone the Tokyo Games because of the coronavirus. In a letter to the CEO of the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee, USA Track and Field CEO Max Siegel urged the Federation to advocate for the postponement of the Games, which are to start on the 24th of July. USATF joins USA Swimming, which sent a similar letter to the USOPC on Thursday. The USOPC leadership has been in agreement with the IOC that it's too soon to make any decisions regarding postponing the Games. Anfield was empty on Saturday, the day Liverpool were expected to have clinched the Premier League title. The 21st of March was supposed to be a day of celebration for the club when it finally ended the long wait for a league title. The Reds were scheduled to host Crystal Palace at Anfield and victory, assuming Jurgen Klopp's side also won at Everton in their previous fixture, would have mathematically secured them the Premier League title. But instead, the stadium's turnstiles were closed, surrounding streets quiet, and local pubs had their shutters down. Of course, like nearly every major league in Europe, the Premier League has now been suspended because of the coronavirus pandemic, leaving Liverpool fans wondering exactly when they will finally get to see their side crown champions. Bayern Munich forward Robert Lewandowski and his wife Anna contributed 1 million euros in the fight against the coronavirus pandemic. Lewandowski's Bayern teammates Leon Goretzka and Joshua Kimmich have also set up a fund called We Kick Corona to combat the outbreak and have contributed 1 million euros between them. We Kick Corona has already raised more than 2.5 million euros and charities and social institutions can apply for funds from the organization on its website. Manchester City winger Leroy Sané has also made a considerable financial donation. The excitement at being talent spotted by Manchester United brought on moments of youthful giddiness for Andreas Pereira. The 24-year-old was first informed of United's tentative interest in him as a teenager by his footballing father. Um, I remember uh, my dad told me, you know, uh, when I was home and they said, uh, no, United is interested in you. And I said, nah, you're joking, you know, it's not possible. And and then he said to me, no, no, really. And they want to come and see you play. And if you keep continuing doing good like that, uh, maybe one day you can play for them. So I was excited, you know, pumped up and, and I just wanted to join United straight away. 
The news was soon followed by his first meeting with the managerial colossus, Sir Alex Ferguson. Uh, it was when I came in the Carrington for the first time uh, with my dad and, and Jeff Watson. Um, and we saw Fergie and he said good morning to me in Portuguese. And I was shocked by it, you know, I was starstruck and I just wanted to join United straight away. He told me there was always a place for a Brazilian in his, in his team. So I was very, very uh, happy and I just didn't want to leave uh, Carrington for the, for, 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 uh, never again. Pereira remembers being highly confused when he joined his new teammates at his very first training session with the Red Devils. Uh, something that was uh, new for me, the first training session we played rugby. <laughs> I never played rugby in my life and yeah, uh, but any of that it was special that everybody eats together here, uh, you know, it's a real family club and everybody knows each other in Carrington and, and that's what I really liked about United. While the season hasn't exactly gone to plan for United, Pereira was full of praise for manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Yeah, he, he improved me a lot. He gave me a lot of belief and trust. Um, I'm playing week in, week out with him, and 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 that's uh, you know I really appreciate, and I just want to show my best. I'm, every game I'm feeling more and more comfortable in, in my position, and uh, and I show I can show it as well. My qualities. He knows my qualities, and that's why he puts me in the team. You rocking them this week? They might have to go in the, in the old wardrobe. <laughs> Eric. Hey man, how are you oh doing? Man. Good to see you. Great to be a part of Team Calloway now. Love it. Look at these beauties we've got here. You ready to test this one? A little nervous to be honest. So am I. Look at it. <laughs> small, small sweet spot. But We'll give it a go. First Callaway, oil hardened persimmon wood. Matt, you're up first, so. We weren't even born when this came out, mate. <laughs> Love those trousers, mate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Is that a little toey? How did it feel with the face? I, I hardly hit the face, did I? <laughs> Your turn. My turn. Oh, okay, here we go. Who do you think you look like? Tom Watson with the trousers. Yeah. I need a little bit of longer hair, yeah. more flow going. I like the chest. Got it. Yeah, like let's get that nice and low. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> that barely got up, we need to be to, honest. Yeah, we should probably tear it up a little bit. <laughs> okay, it wasn't drawing. Oh, I hit that quite good. That was good? Yeah, I hit that quite good, actually. Snapman, what's the, the spin on that, please? Spin rate's 2,200. Oh, there we go. And carry 211 yards. <laughs> well done. Eric, 1980s, done. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> 1990s look. And he's wearing the same trousers he normally does in tournaments. Yeah. Huh? Come here, mate. Have a look at this. Great big bertha. That's the iconic one, isn't it? You're up first, mate. Uh, cool. Crack on. You rocking them this week? They might have to go in the, in the old wardrobe. <laughs> oh, there we go. It's yeah, getting here in longer. The <laughs> White <laughs> shoes are putting me off. <laughs> oh, smashed. Honey. You're loving it. Launch is good on that one. That's going in the bag. Good job. I had this driver at one point. Let's hope this goes better than the previous one. 
Better. There we go. Off the inside of the ball. You hit it, all right? What was the carry? Still flying. <laughs> carry like 260. 260. 260. Not bad. There we go. Callaway right. FTI. I've never hit the square. Um, I remember seeing Ernie Els hit this before. By the way, you look actually quite good. They kind of knew what they were doing, aren't they? What have I got? <laughs> What's the this about? And the grey. Let's see what we've got here. Right, listen to this one. Wait until you hear the noise. It's all in the right. guns. Oh, there we go. Holding it in the breeze. Bit of height there. I'm so jealous of your outfit right now. It looks <laughs> quite good. <laughs> Yes. There we go. Right, now that was out the middle. Stats Stat guy, man. we need some numbers. We need numbers on that one. Uh, 2,900 spin rate. Okay, yeah. it's up there. And carry 278. Woo. Let's go. 2010, Diablo Edge. Sort of more up my alley, to be honest. I like the visor. My wife does not like it. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh. <laughs> A little bit of fade again. Oh, it's getting hotter, isn't it? I'm gonna channel my inner Nick Doherty here. One tick, Wallace, you know what to do. Oh my goodness, that is just horrendous. Oh! <laughs> Give me the big Bertha back. Oh, it's absolute money. Now you yeah. it's got a piece of string now. I'm feeling it. And you've nailed it. <laughs> Dunzo. There she is. It's a work of art, isn't it? And we're going to play nearest the pin. Do you have that in your tank? 333 to the pin. Just watch. Ooh. Stay left. And that one went just off the green, the right. Hit it hard. Oh, is it on the green? Just short the green and rolled off. Come on, one more shot. Oh, ride the wind. Come on. sounded good, Matt. Come on, cut. Come on, fade a little. Oh, yeah. That one pitched on the green, just rolled off, settled next to the rake. Let's get that up there. There she is. Cut now, baby. That's a good hit. That, that one, was in the middle. Kick right. That is long. There we go. Oh, there it's a thing go. of beauty, isn't it? Stay. How far away from the pin? That one pitched on the green, 25 feet from the pin. Oh, not too shabby with the old Maverick. Lovely. Mate, these clubs are amazing. Let's go get it. 2020. Let's do it. The Azerbaijan Grand Prix, due to take place on the 7th of June, has been postponed as a result of the coronavirus crisis. The street race in Baku is the eighth race to be called off at the start of the 2020 World Championship season. Race organizers said they would work closely with F1 with a view to announcing a new race date later in the year. The Canadian Grand Prix on the 14th of June is the first race on the schedule that hasn't been postponed yet. Six races, Bahrain, Vietnam, China, the Netherlands, Spain and Azerbaijan have been postponed while Australia and Monaco have been cancelled altogether. F1 has accepted that all existing dates may have to change as they seek to re-establish a schedule later in the year.
Has anyone been to Australia? Kangaroos can be quite scary. Hands up if you like pineapple on pizza. Who's your least favourite race driver who races against you? Don't say ballet shoes. You lost me at Star Wars. Yeah. I think it's exactly like a baby seat. Yeah, exactly. I feel I'm pretty good with kids. As long as I could give them back at the end of the day, then I'm normally pretty good. What do you think about the job of being a Formula 1 driver? Isn't it really difficult? Yeah, and the buttons. And the cars look like bigger on like here, but on TV they look like smaller. Hey kids. Oh, what's going on? You good? Yes. Wow, I feel like a school teacher. Have you seen one of these before? No. Yes. Well, some of you have. Formula One car. This is like my job, which is kind of crazy, right? But because they go fast and they're a little bit dangerous, we got to wear a helmet. <laughs> this protects our head and it looks cool as well. Yeah. It looks like what you put on a donut. <laughs> <laughs> I know you kind of want to eat it, right? I've got a race suit in here, which matches the color of the car. And it's like a onesie, yeah. yeah. So I sometimes sleep in it as well. <laughs> I don't really. And then race boots. Don't say ballet shoes. <laughs> Kids today are quiet, switched on. You guys can ask me any questions you want. Being humiliated by a person like a third of your age is also quite intimidating. Do you have to have uh, many seat belts in a car? Like there's like straps, aren't they? Exactly. Over. So there's one across our waist, one over each shoulder. So there's like a middle buckle, and they all go into the same buckle. Like in a baby seat, and you have to. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's exactly like a baby seat. Yeah. Exactly. Do you ever get claustrophobic in your helmets when you're doing it for like a long time? Some of my friends will like put my helmet on. After like a minute, they're like, okay, take it off. I think because I've been doing it since I was so young, it feels normal for me. I actually sometimes just walk around with a helmet. Like I'm in the city and just doing like supermarket shopping. Does your car need petrol or diesel or like, what does it need to drive? That's a really good question. <laughs> um, it's a fuel of some sort. <laughs> I think we use a special type of race fuel. I'm gonna just go with this one. How many parts do you like having one big car? I don't know the actual answer, but it's over a hundred thousand. It's a lot. There's so many little like nuts and bolts as well and screws. And if it's not a hundred thousand, it's, I feel it's very close. Have you like won any competitions? And if you have like how many? Of course I have. I've won seven races, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't enough to win the championship. But I have held trophies and shake champagne and done all that. <laughs> so that's fun. What's the fastest speed you've ever gone at? I think it was like 230 miles per hour. Pretty fast. Cool. Yeah. What was your longest race you've ever driven? I think it was Singapore, so it's about two hours. Wow. Two hours in that, it's really uncomfortable. You get a really sore bottom after. Who's your least favourite race driver who races against you? <laughs> all of them. Don't like any of them at all. I guess my least favourite is the guy that's winning. 
because I want to beat him. Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> I got no problem with Lewis. Well, he's been winning like the last quite a few years. Yeah, 800. <laughs> so he's like the guy I want to beat the most because he's winning. Have you ever like beaten Sebastian Vessel or Lewis Hamilton? I have. Give it to me. Yes. Sebastian was actually my teammate in 2014. So I beat him that year, which was cool. And then Lewis, I've beat a few times, but not enough. I need to get him. Rugby World Cup broke new barriers as the 2019 event headed to Japan for the very first time. The hosts opened the tournament against Russia and got their campaign off to a flyer, securing a commanding 30-10 victory at Tokyo Stadium, with Pretoria-born winger Kotaro Matsushima scoring a hat-trick. Matsushima is heading for a hat-trick! Arguably, the sport's fiercest rivalry took to the field as early as the second day of the tournament, as defending champions New Zealand faced South Africa in a mouth-watering Pool B battle in Yokohama. The Springboks looked the better of the two sides during the opening half, but for three minutes of magic from the All Blacks. Having been under the cosh, now in full flow, Lynette Brown. Lynette Brown still going. Scott Barrett in support. And Scott Barrett is going all the way. What a try for the second row. The box fought back well in the second half with the brilliant loose forward Peter Steph de Toy crossing the line. De Klerk. Elzebeth, the other second row. Mostert was the first. Peter Steph de Toy. All Blacks held on though to capture a bruising 23-13 victory. The All Blacks, the defending champions, off to a winning start. The Springboks bounced back well in their next match, scoring nine tries on their way to an emphatic 57-3 victory over neighbours Namibia, 
with Bongi Mbunambi and Makazola Mapimpi both scoring two five-pointers apiece. They followed that up with an even more impressive 49-3 win over Italy, with Cheslin Colby stealing the show. LaRue will now go wide for Colby. What magic can he create? Well, he can create a try. Twinkle Toes does it again. Declerc has the quick ball he seeks. Pollard with the cross kick for Cheslin Colby. And Colby gathers on the bounce and has a second. Rassi Erasmus's side's final Group B clash was against Canada. And again, they ran rampant, with Quibus Reinach scoring the fastest ever Rugby World Cup hat-trick, doing so in the space of just 11 minutes, as his side cruised to a 66-7 win to easily book their berth in the quarter-finals. Yankees now looking for the cross-kick for Warwick Halan who gathers brilliantly and has Damien Delendi to his left. And then Reinach again, is he going to get a World Cup hat-trick? You bet he is! Sheer brilliance. The group stage delivered two massive upsets. South American Minnows, Uruguay defeated Sevens Kings Fiji 30-27. A result that produced a memorable post-match speech from the victorious captain Juan Manuel Gamanara. I'm really proud of my country. We're not the biggest, we're not the tallest, but we came here to win. We are preparing this since four years, so I'm really proud of my country. Three days later, and giant killers Japan lived up to their reputation in glorious fashion, defeating Ireland 1912 in front of a delirious crowd in Fukuroi. Wales and Australia eased into the quarterfinals from Group D, although the two giants delivered an outstanding battle at Tokyo Stadium. The Welsh opened a huge 23-8 halftime lead, but the Wallabies fought back brilliantly in the second half, as they reduced the gap to just one point. Warren Gatlin's men held on though, thanks to a late penalty from Rhys Patchell to win 29-25. Thomas Williams looks up the goal quickly. In Group C, England and France cruised through their respective matches and were on a collision course destined for Yokohama before Typhoon Hagibis intervened. The tropical cyclone played havoc with the tournament and the match was cancelled because of it, along with two other tests. Hagibis also threatened to scratch the final match of the pool stage between Japan and Scotland, but thankfully the highly anticipated encounter went ahead. What a match it was! With the place in the quarter-finals on the line for both sides, they came out the blocks firing. Scotland opened up a 7-0 lead before Japan retaliated in sensational fashion. The Scots clawed their way back in the second half. But Japan held on for a historic victory. The Rugby World Cup has an Asian quarter-finalist for the first time. 
expense of Scotland.